0: Welcome back to Fans First Sports Network. It's a recap of the 2023 NFL Draft for each and every division in the National Football League. My name is Brian Anthony Davis of FFSN and the Steel Curtain Network. And my guys here, these are the guys I go to when I want to talk about a prospect. It's Andrew Wilbar, it's Jeremy Betts. They're here on the Fans First Sports Network and Steel Curtain Network as well. The draft knowledge on these guys absolutely fantastic. Andrew, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing well, ready to talk some NFL Draft Recap. Well, let's do it. We got to first
1: welcome in my good friend Jeremy Betts. JB, what's up? Oh man, it's great. This is one of my favorite divisions to look at, the NFC South here. It's wide open in this division. The NFC is wide open. The winner of this division could make some noise in in a wacky NFC.
0: Anything can happen division here. With the NFC South, let's get right into it. The Carolina Panthers are first on the clock. Number one pick overall, it was no surprise. It was Bryce Young from Alabama. Then they gave him a weapon. Jeremy Mingo, the wide receiver from Ole Miss in the second round. DJ Johnson in the third out of Oregon. He's a linebacker. They got some protection. The guard, North Carolina State Wolfpack. Chandler Zavala in the fourth. And Jamie Robinson in the fifth from Florida state. He's a seminal, he's a defensive back and he rounds out the 2023 draft class for those Carolina Panthers. Andrew Wilbar, you got to have a favorite pick from this lot.
2: Yeah, I'm going to go right at the top. Bryce young. Bryce young was my top quarterback in this draft. He is an incredible processor. He has the ability to take off and run with it. And just based upon the system that Frank Reich is building there, I think he makes a lot of sense. obviously, they trade away DJ Moore, but you replace him with Jonathan Mingo. They have some veteran running backs. You have Adam Thielen at wide receiver. They have some established veterans there. And they're rebuilding the offensive line. Of course, last year they brought in Ike Aquanu. Then they bring in Chandler Zavala. This year his teammate. So they're bringing they're adding some continuity onto that offense. I think this it just makes a lot of sense what they're doing right now. The results may not show itself this year, but I think long-term Bryce Young will be the guy that can lead this Carolina team into playoff and maybe even Super Bowl contention. Jeremy, who are you going with?
1: It's Jonathan Mingo, the wide receiver. This guy is physical. I'm going to throw out a name that should get Carolina Panthers fans excited because this is who he reminds me of and who I think he could be at his best, and, and that's Debo Samuel. He's a little bit bigger even than Debo, but he's got that running back-like ability with the ball in his hands where he's seeking out contact. He bounces off of defenders, very good after the catch, and I think he bodies up defenders nicely. Carrying on that Ole Miss wide receiver tradition, DK Metcalf, A.J. Brown, Jonathan Mingo could be the next really good one out of Ole Miss.
0: Let's go on to your least favorite, Andrew not necessarily the guy that this guy's not a bad player. It just means that you don't think out of the five that he is the best pick for this team at the place he was picked. So who is that?
2: Yeah, I'm going with DJ Johnson from Oregon felt this was an extreme reach had a late, late, late day three grade on him. He's big. He has decent athleticism. He's not that coordinated to play the edge per he's, Plays with a little bit, he plays a little bit too high in the run game. He doesn't have much bend at all around the edge. He struggles to get small. He can really only win with by converting speed to power. He doesn't have any pass rush moves. I just felt this was an extreme reach for Carolina. The one pick I really, really did not like.
0: All right. What are you thinking there, JB? If
1: it's okay, because this is such a small draft class, I'm gonna just agree with Andrew here, DJ Johnson, because I really like their other picks. I just really do. So I'm gonna to have to go with Johnson as well for many of the same reasons Andrew listed. I just think there were other players at this position that had higher upside than DJ Johnson. I, I think DJ Johnson's one of these players who it feels like they've they've reached the peak of what they can do physically already. And I I don't know how much coaching can be done to actually improve him outside of just technically grounding this guy and and making him beat you that way. So to me, I just have to agree with Andrew here. He was my least favorite pick of, of the five selections here.
0: Something we did not mention about DJ Johnson. He was the 80th pick of the draft. The Steelers traded down Mm -hmm. and Carolina traded up to get him 13 spots. And they gave away a fourth round pick to bring in. DJ Johnson. So interesting enough that he is the guy that you don't feel that fits here. Let's go ahead and move on. We're going to talk about that value pick now, since I was completely wrong thinking that you guys were going to go Jonathan Mingo here. So Andrew, who's left?
2: You've got two guys. Who's your value? It's Chandler Zavala. Yeah, I thought this guy could go a late third round. He's a guy who really rose during the later portions of the draft process. Not the most athletic guy, but he's a mauler in the run game. He's physical. He is wants to eat you up as a run defender. He just moves defenders off the ball. He's a bully out there. And considering the fact that he's played with Kwanu in college, adding that continuity on the offensive line I think is only going to help him get acclimated to the NFL game that much quicker. Aquanu had a solid year as a rookie, and he's developing into a nice professional. I really think that Zavala is the perfect guy to play alongside him long-term.
1: All right, let's get the bets value here. I'm going to think outside the box a little bit with this one, and I'm going to go with Andrew's favorite pick, Bryce Young, because if you talk
0: (laughs) franchise
1: quarterbacks, yes, let's talk about it. Finding one is the goal of every franchise, right? The Panthers weren't even picking number one overall. They had to trade up to get there. And so they find potentially their guy. If he turns out to be what I think Frank Wright can make this guy, then there's no price too high for your franchise quarterback. So I'm going to go with Bryce Young as my value pick. Just thinking outside the box a little bit there.
0: I I love it. And I apologize for my snickering there because I don't (laughs) expect the number one overall pick to be a best value. You sold it. So I'm good with that. Let's grade these guys, Andrew.
2: I'm going to give them a B plus. Definitely not for the reasons that Jeremy is talking about. we will got that <laughs> some other time. But <laughs> overall, I felt they came away with enough. They didn't have that many picks to work with, but they made the most of what they had. They got a starting wide receiver. They got their quarterback of the future, and they got a starting guard plus a developmental safety, a guy who has some versatility and will contribute on special teams. So I thought with what they did, they did a good job. B+. Plus.
0: All right, Jeremy, go ahead.
1: Yeah, if I follow my line of thinking from the value pick, I'm going to go with A-plus because they just found their franchise court. No, I'm kidding. I'm not going to go A-plus. I'm going to go A-minus. I really like this class. When you only have five picks, they need to be impact players, franchise quarterback, wide receiver can step and be your number one, potentially. Chandler Zavala can play on the offensive line. He'll start for them this year. I really believe that. Robinson, very versatile player on the back end. Those four guys will definitely contribute. DJ Johnson, yeah, he was our least favorite pick, but I still think he has a chance to to be impactful for them. Not necessarily maybe a plus starter, but as a rotational piece he can be helpful to them this year.
0: Let's go ahead and move on. Let's go to Atlanta, the Atlanta Falcons. They had a nice surprise at the top of the draft. They went bold with some Bijan, Bijan Bold, Bijan Robinson from Texas. Eighth overall pick, the running back, then Matthew Bergeron from Bijon to Bergeron. Offensive lineman from Syracuse with the second pick in the third round. Ohio State Buckeye Zach Harrison coming in. He's a defensive end. Clark Phillips, the corner from Utah, the Ute. he's came in the fourth round. They didn't pick again until the seventh round. Two picks there. DeMarco Helms from Alabama and Jovan Gwynn, offensive lineman from
1: South Carolina. Jeremy, who's your favorite pick of the Atlanta Falcons? Oh man, I'm I'm going with that number one pick at selection number eight. Lay on me some thick bijan mustard on my sandwich right now. This guy <laughs> is the real deal at running back, and he's going to make the Atlanta Falcons better right away. This you're looking at a team in Atlanta that if Their quarterback situation, Desmond Ritter, who was their third-round pick last year, if he's even okay, this running game is going to be special. I'm going to call it right now, this is going to be the number one rushing offense in the NFL. That's what Arthur Smith wants to do. Bijan Robinson, Cordero Patterson, Tyler Algier, those guys are going to combine to be the NFL's best rushing attack. And if you can do one thing really well in the NFL – especially in a division like this, in, an, in a conference like the NFC is this year, you have a shot to turn some heads and shock the world. Watch out for Atlanta because Bijan Robinson is it.
0: All
2: right. Who's your it guy here, Andrew Wilbar? I'm going to take Jeremy's Ohio State guy, Zach Harrison. I didn't think it was tremendous value per se, but I think this is a good fit for Harrison. He's going to get a chance to play immediately. I didn't love him early on in the process because he didn't produce at Ohio State, but the further I digged into him, the more I saw that he was generating pressure. He just wasn't finishing. He needs to become a finisher. He's not, he doesn't, he has a really good get off, off the line, but he just does not do a good job closing in. once he gets close to the quarterback We'll see if he can improve. I thought uh, he'd be an even better fit for a 3-4 team and play him as a bigger outside linebacker. I thought there were a lot of teams that would have made sense. A little bit earlier in the draft, but Lane him where they did, they filled arguably their biggest need. They had to get a pass rusher, and Harrison has tremendous upside.
0: All right, you're Ohio State guy, Jeremy. So who's the guy that just does not put the zest on your sandwich here?
1: I'm going to go with with uh, Jovan Gwynn. They already had a dress Offensive guard, offensive tackle. Gwen kind of fits that same that same mold. I think he, he's more suited to the interior out of South Carolina there. But smaller guy, 6'2", 297. I think the Falcons could have potentially helped themselves out. Maybe taking a flyer on outside cornerback. They, they still need depth there at outside cornerback. Although they did make a selection at cornerback in this draft. He, he really fits more of the nickel package for them so I'm going to go with Jovan Gwynn their final pick in this draft
0: who are you looking at here Wilbar as the guy that you're just not thinking fits the bill for Atlanta
2: for Atlanta I'm gonna go with Matthew Bergeron I just when you watch him on tape he can get push off balance easy doesn't anchor well and he's also a little bit soft in the run game so because of those concerns I didn't love the pick I felt there were better tackles available was a slight reach there in the second round
0: fair enough You have those guys that you're not sure about. Then you have the ones that you're sure that
1: were a great value. So Jeremy Betts, the Betts 93. Let's do it. I'm going to talk about that cornerback, Clark Phillips the third in the fourth round. Andrew, you and I agreed, and you were kind of on this train early, that he was one of your top corners in the class, despite even being mostly projected to play inside in that nickel. But I think when you're talking about his fluidity, and the way he moves, and his ball skills, and his eye, his instincts, I think he can can make plays on the outside as well. You don't necessarily love the size out there, 5'9", 184, so obviously the, the height is an issue, but you're talking about a guy who is physical, a good tackler, just knows the game of football, very smart. That's fantastic value for the Falcons who have a stud CB1 on the outside, and AJ Terrell Rounding out that room with with a guy who could really lock down slot receivers and Clark Phillips, the third, that's great value for them in the fourth round.
0: All right, Andrew, direct me to the value section of the supermarket here.
2: Clark Phillips, he nailed it right on the head. He didn't test well athletically, but throw that out. Just turn on the film, and you'll fall in love with this guy. I think Mm -hmm. this guy's a starting slot corner from day one. I don't think he plays the outside in the NFL because his skill set translates perfectly to the slot. He has incredible ball skills. He has decent physicality. He can play man. He can play zone. I like him to play close to the line in the slot immediately. I think this guy has a chance to make multiple Pro Bowls as a slot corner. So let's go ahead and wrap up the Atlanta Falcons. Jeremy Betts,
0: you've got to put a grade on them. What are you doing?
1: A-minus, and the minus just comes from the, the Bergeron pick, the the Gwen pick. Uh, Bergeron, I thought, was a little bit of a reach, like Andrew was saying, but you got to love what the Falcons are trying to build. That offensive line is going to be good. They want to be physical. They're going to play an Arthur Smith brand of football. Bijan robinson fits that perfectly and then on defense they add some rotational pieces i think and then a guy in zach harrison who has the athleticism to really jump if you can make that leap coming to the next level so i give it an a minus i love the falcons draft i think that they if i had to rank them right now I, i'd label them as the favorites in the nfc south
0: all right andy dubs are you going higher are you going lower
2: i'm going with a b minus and that is more because of the fact I – don't get me wrong, I love B. John Robinson, but they should make it illegal to draft a running back in the top 10. <laughs> Maybe the first round, but we'll, we can debate first round, Ooh. but – Top 10, way too high in my personal opinion. Bijan was my second favorite player in the entire draft. He's my number two overall player. But positional value, you can find so many backs. We saw guys go in the fifth and sixth round this year that I think could be almost as good as Bijan Robinson. So I just, I do not understand the value there. And then Matthew Bertrand, who I already mentioned too, I didn't like. For those reasons, I give him a B minus.
0: All right, that's fair enough. Boy, that would be a great debate show for 60 minutes. Just putting the gloves on, talking about selecting a running back high. Mm. We're going to go ahead and ponder the significance of all of that. We're going to take a break. We'll be back right after this on Fans First Sports Network. It's the NFC South. It's the Draft Recap. And it's here. Don't miss the rest. Welcome back to Fans First Sports Network. I am Brian Anthony Davis. Alongside me are my good buddies here. I've got Jeremy Betts. I've got Andrew Wilbar. Now, these guys are good and I really have a great time talking to them, learning about all of these teams. It's fantastic. So when I'm watching the games this year, and it's not my team involved, I'm going to know a whole lot more about these teams. We've already talked about the Carolina Panthers and the Atlanta Falcons. Let's finish up the South with two more teams. We've got the New Orleans Saints on the clock. They picked with the 29th overall pick in the draft. They went to Clemson. They took a defensive tackle, and they went Brian Breezy. Then there was Isaiah Foskey, the defensive lineman from Notre Dame in the second round. In the third round, it was TCU's Kendra Miller, Nick Salvaderi in the fourth round. 103 overall from Old Dominion. He's an offensive lineman. Then Jake Hayner, the quarterback from Fresno State in the fourth round as well. In the fifth, it was Jordan Howden, the defensive back from Minnesota, the Golden Gopher. And in the sixth, their final pick. For the New Orleans Saints, A.T. Perry, the Wake Forest wide receiver. Now, Andrew, I want to give you an opportunity to go ahead and tell me who your favorite pick was here for New Orleans.
2: I really like Nick Saldivary from Old Dominion. He's a guy who's played along the offensive line, has a bunch of versatility. Many people are projecting him inside to center, and it's interesting. I think that's where he ends up playing with New Orleans because when you look at this draft – there were a lot of teams that needed center. There were a good six or seven teams that were in the market for centers. The Saints being one of those teams, there were only three to four centers most people saw as starters. Obviously, Houston saw Scruggs as a starter, and but not as many teams saw Whipler as a starter, and not as many as we thought. He ended up falling to late day three. The only other two guys were John Michael Schmitz and Joe Tipman, and some who project Steve Avila inside the center. So there's not going to be enough for every team. So the Saints waited. They got Saldaveria, a guy who's a little bit of a project, but a really good athlete. A guy who I think has just as much upside as some of the guys we saw go in the first and second rounds once fully developed. It's just going to take a little bit longer to get him to that point. The Saints don't have necessarily an immediate need at center. They can play Cesar Ruiz there. They don't have to play him at guard. You can play him at center. But I do think this is a guy they want to develop maybe next year or even in 2025, have him take over and be the long-term answer at center. I really like what the Saints are doing here with Nick Saldivari. Jeremy Betts, what do you really
1: like here? I like Isaiah Foskey. Not as many people were as high on him as I was, but you talk about just a a prototype for length and versatility along the defensive line, especially in the four three, like the saints like to run at defensive end. He's going to fit very well with their system, with their style, what Dennis Allen likes to run on defense. When you talk about Foskey, like he's a ready-made run defender off the edge already. I think that he could grow into a, a very good player for the Saints. He just looks like a Saint when, when you watch him on tape, the way they like to play defense, tough physical brand of football. I think he fits in really well with this group.
0: All right, let's go ahead and take a look at that player that we weren't so sure about, Andrew. For the Saints, who takes the D out of your Florida League?
2: I'm going to go with Brian Brisey and Jeremy and I talked a lot about this because he was a guy who was rumored to be with the Steelers. There was a lot of mutual interest there. Yeah, I hope the guy has a great career, but I will tell you what, if he has a great career, I'm not going to regret the fact that the Steelers passed on him. I just didn't think he was a great fit personally. For the Saints, it's going to depend on how they utilize him. He can play three tech. He can play five. You can even play him outside. He has enough athleticism to play just about anywhere. The concerns are, one, his health. He's has not been able to stay healthy and two he has very minimal production we see the traits but he has produced very minimally when he's been healthy so those are two major concerns i have with him he's just a guy who if it clicks could be an elite player but there's when watching the tape his traits do not match what you see on tape you don't see the explosion on tape and that that's a big concern i have a little bit soft softer against the run than you would expect the Saints have just made some questionable first round picks in recent years. And I feel like this is just the next one.
0: Breezy could be that guy that when he goes for his Jersey number, you know, instead of getting single digits, he might just get symbols. He might be like the Riddler and get a question mark. Jeremy Betts. Do you think that Breezy is the guy that you're concerned about here as well
1: for the injury issues and the personal issues that messed with his career at Clemson? I think there, there are a lot of question marks and For a Saints team that that likes to build inside out to the defense, though, I think that he he fits their system. But as far as taking him in the first round, I agree with Andrew. I am gonna gonna use him as my least favorite pick, with the caveat that I think that he could be a good player. But where you took him, you're betting that he's going to be a good player. So it's a risk, and you're hoping for the best for him. Since we all
2: seem to agree that Breesy was not a great pick here, does anyone think there's a possibility they took him for namesake only? With the uh, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I just don't understand some of the moves that the Saints front office has been making. But not from we here. we need to check out
0: his middle name. Is it Andrew? Is it Drew Breesy? While well, you guys are talking about <laughs> what your value pick here is, Andrew, let's go.
2: I'm gonna go with. A guy, Jeremy, was really high on during the process. A.T. Perry, wide receiver from (laughs) Wake Forest. And Jeremy's upset (laughs) because I know that I stole it from him. Yes, Because I did not necessarily love the Saints draft as a whole, but I'm not using Saldovary again. With A.T. Perry, again, like a lot of these later round receivers, question is separation. Can they separate? But this guy, he doesn't You need to create a whole lot of separation because he does have good body control. He high points the football. Yeah. And he has better athleticism than what may have shown up on tape. He has more potential than what he showed at Wake Forest. And I do have concerns because Sam Hartman, I mean, they sling the ball all over the field at Wake Forest. So he had plenty of opportunities. And it wasn't that he didn't produce necessarily. It was just the fact that I felt he could have done more and been a little bit more of an explosive player compared when you look at his athletic testing numbers. So that's a slight concern. But still overall looking at where they got him at the very end of the draft, I thought it was a really good selection for them, a guy who could be a starting receiver for them down the line.
1: All right, Jeremy, what are you thinking here? Man, I really wanted to go AT Perry, but for you can for yeah, I I really want to, but I, I do want to highlight another player. So I'll I'll let Andrew steal that one from me. As again, someone who who helps cover the Steelers. A.T. Perry shades of George Pickens and how he plays football. So just, just keep that in mind if, if you're a Saints fan and you want kind of a a pro comp, if you will, for what A.T. Perry could be. I'm gonna go though with with Kendra Miller, the running back out of TCU, taking in the third round. Alvin Kamara hasn't looked as explosive recently. And so you're you're hoping for a guy to bring in that can help complement him. And maybe be the Mark Ingram again to Alvin Kamara's Kamara, and so I think Kendra Miller could really be that for this offense. Powerful, low center of gravity, built, jacked up runner, and I think that this guy can really just power through. He's going to be really good for the Saints and how they how they run the football. I think that he he has a chance to be a really good player. And then you're talking like Andrew mentioned when we were talking Falcons getting running backs in these middle rounds, that's where the value is for these guys that represents good value to me.
0: Andrew did Nolens. Did they make the grade or are we talking academic probation here? What's your grade?
2: I'm giving them a C. They were probably one of my five to seven least favorite drafts overall. Breesy had a big impact on it, but overall I didn't feel they came away with any necessarily home run picks. I think Saldovary could become that. We'll see what happens with A.T. Perry, and you mentioned Kendra Miller. makes a lot of sense with Kamara potentially being suspended. We'll see what happens. But I understand their philosophy. I just don't necessarily understand the selections. I felt there were better running backs available to Miller. felt there were better defensive linemen available than Brisey. So we'll see what happens. They drafted guys with upside, but they didn't necessarily go always with guys that made the most sense based upon production.
1: Jeremy Betts, are you going higher or lower than Mr. Welbar? Well, I'm going to add the plus to Andrew C. Because of the upside of these guys. Brian Brisey, Foskey, Kendra Miller, Soutovery, even Jake Hayner, the quarterback they took in the fourth round, He's he just plays good football and and when you look at him he doesn't look like an NFL quarterback necessarily but the guy plays good football very reminiscent of Drew Brees if you had to pick a, a player from this class that fit that at quarterback
2: and he's going to be trained by another Fresno State quarterback in Derek
1: Carr that's right. Yeah, so familiarity there will be great. And then I liked A.T. Perry in the back end. I think he could have a chance to show his skill set early in training camp and, and be a compliment to Chris Olave in that offense at wide receiver as a rotational player on the outside.
0: All right. Sounds great, fellas. We've got the grades. They're in. There's one more team to go. It's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Let's do it in the first round. 19th overall, Kalijah Kansey, defensive lineman from Pitt, my alma mater. Cody Mock, number two, from North Dakota State. He's a tackle. Then in the third round, Yaya Diaby from Louisville, the defensive lineman. In the fifth round, they went back to Pitt. Servasier Dennis, the linebacker. Also in the fifth, a tight end, Payne Durham. Three sixth-round picks to round out the draft. Josh Hayes, the corner from Kansas State. Nebraska's Trey Palmer, the wide receiver, and defensive lineman Jose Ramirez of the Eastern Michigan Eagles. Let's do this, guys. Who is your favorite pick of
1: all Jeremy Betts to be in Tampa Bay? I'm going to surprise Andrew with this one a little bit, I think. But I'm going to go Cody Mock out of North Dakota State as my favorite pick. This guy is a buccaneer. If you look at him, just look at the guy's picture. He looks like a buccaneer. He looks like a pirate that just walked off the pirate ship with with his bountiful take from the pillaging. But uh, he's ready to pillage opposing (laughs) defenders as well because this guy just is so physical and so nasty at the point of attack. And rarely do you find a guy that you can plug in at literally any of the five positions on the offensive line, and this guy could excel at one of those positions. So if you want him to play offensive tackle, left tackle, he could be your left tackle. If you want him to play center, he could do that. He's got the athleticism and the nastiness to really just – Just play wherever on the offensive line for a Buccaneers team that likes their offensive linemen that likes to build in the trenches. He is a perfect fit for this team.
0: Andrew, when you're making your big board, and it's a big one, you got to check this out every single year. Absolutely fantastic. Is pillaging big on that as a strength?
2: (laughs) It's not something I necessarily specifically evaluate for. I mean... (laughs) I've never been asked that question, honestly, personally. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jeremy inspired me to talk about flinching. Who's your favorite here, Andrew? I agree. I'm going with Cody Mock. He, he's that guy. He looks like a football player. The missing teeth, the long red hair, the grittiness. of it. I mean, I mean, he looks like Gritty, the uh, mascot. I mean, oh, oh,
0: you lost me, Gritty.
2: <laughs> you don't want to meet him in a back alley. I'm telling you what, you're going to be scared to death. This guy, he's a, he is a football player. I think he does slide inside the guard. Earlier in the process, I thought I liked him at tackle, but just seeing his lack of arm length, I think he moves inside the guard. He's going to be a good guard. He's not the yeah. biggest guy. He's a good zone blocker, good especially in both inside and outside zone, but a guy who I think just with his physicality, despite his lack of elite size, uh, I think it bodes well for him. He moves well. I think he's the guy who's going to give it his all. He's always the first one in last one out type of guy. I think he's a really good pick for team Bay who needs a lot of help along that offensive line.
0: Jeremy Betts. What buck stops here? Who does not fit
1: mm. the bill for Tampa Bay? I hate to go with a, with a pit guy, Brian, but I'm going to go with uh, a Dennis. Oh, I thought he was I just his name. Yeah. <laughs> I thought he was just taken a little too early and, He's a smaller linebacker, really built more like a safety if you look at the numbers and he has that range and coverage ability. Maybe a covet there. Hopefully, a, a team like the Buccaneers, their strength and conditioning guys can can add some weight to him, maybe you know teach him how to handle some of the more physical aspects of inside linebacker. but I liked him as a back end of the day three kind of pick. And the fact that he goes a little bit earlier on day three, the value wasn't necessarily there for me. So that's why I'm going with Dennis.
2: So for least favorite, I'm going to go with Kalijah Cansey. Not because I hate the player. I love the player. I just hate the fit. This Mm. guy's in Tampa Bay system. He's going to be playing primarily five technique. He is going to get out leveraged. From the very get-go, he just does not have enough length. you got to move him inside the three-tech, play him really in between in that B-gap. That makes a lot more sense uh, for where he's going to play, allow him to penetrate, get upfield. Now he's going to be playing closer, almost over the tackle, depending on which formation, which alignment the line is in. I just... I don't think he's going to be able to create any leverage. They're going to either have to switch the scheme up. They're going to have to use an odd front of some sort, um, just align him differently, maybe rotate him a little bit in play over the shoulder, the inside shoulder instead. I don't know what they're going to do, but I, this is the one that really did not make sense to me. Not sure where he fits, but if they if they utilize him properly, this guy's the limit. I mean, this guy has insane quickness and I love him overall, but he really needed to go to a a different type of defense. I just do not think Todd Bowles is uh, necessarily the best defense for him to go to.
0: Maybe Bowles could get value out of Kalaja Kansi, but Jeremy, who is the
1: best value for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 2023? I'm going to go with another six round wide receiver and Trey Palmer guy can fly. Absolutely. Take the top off of a defense. He's going to have a role right away. Baker Mayfield for all of his issues as a quarterback has always been pretty good throwing the deep ball. So I think that that's going to be a fit for the Buccaneers. And Trey Palmer kind of slides in as their vertical weapon. Really could be a good player for them at that six-round value. So I really like him as the value pick. Andrew.
2: I'm going to go with Jeremy's least favorite pick, Servassier Dennis. I really like him overall, not necessarily because he has excellent speed and he excellent trait Other than that, he hunts for the football. He flies to the football. He plays faster than what he times. Looking at the situation where Tampa Bay is in, Levante David's not going to be there long-term. And when you look at the skill set of Dennis, if he can add a little bit extra to him, play a little bit stronger against the run, I think Dennis could be a poor man's Levante David when it is all said and done. He's not going to be the flashiest guy, but he's going to rack up more tackles than what you'd expect for a smaller guy. He's going to be a little bit quicker to the football than what you expect. He closes in on the football good. He has really good instincts. I feel he has the makings to be a starting linebacker in the NFL. Upside, we'll see what happens. Only time will tell. But I felt where they got him in the fifth round, I thought it was solid value.
0: We'll do some grades here. Jeremy Betts, let's close it up. Tampa Bay, what are you grading this team?
1: I really like the top of their draft. So I'm going to go with a B minus. You've got some players that can be high impact players for you. Cody Mock, we talked about. Yaya Diaby is another guy that I think can be a high impact player, taking a little higher than most might have in the third round. But when you look at his athleticism and skill set, 6'3", 263 pounds, and he can run with wide receivers, this guy is, is an incredible athlete for what the Buccaneers like to do fits them very, very well off the edge. So, you know, they've got players that fit them, and I'm going to hopefully see with Kalyja see how they move him around, how they use him. We're hopefully going to see a team that understands his limitations and where his strengths are and applies him correctly. And hopefully if they do that, then you're, you're talking about a defense that could really rebound. And this roster looks pretty good. They can make some noise in the NFC South. All right, Andrew, take us home with your grade of Tampa Bay.
2: I give them a B primarily for the fact that they did not find a left tackle to replace Donovan Smith. Although I did not have an incredibly high grade on Anson Harrison, I felt like if they were going to go for a guy like that, they could have. There were some offensive linemen available to them when they were on the clock. I felt like there were other areas they could have addressed instead, specifically left tackle to replace Donovan Smith. I'd be a little bit concerned. Mock, I think he plays inside at guard, which they didn't need there too. But I think they are going into the season with an offensive line that has a couple holes, specifically at left tackle.
0: Very good, gentlemen. It looks like we have wrapped up the NFC South. Fantastic job. I have learned so much more about These players drafted to these four teams, the Carolina Panthers, the Atlanta Falcons, the New Orleans Saints, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So thanks so much for just great analysis. And if you want to check out other divisions, make sure you do it. They're up online on FFSN, wherever you download your favorite podcast. It's fans first. Whatever team you root for, we have our launch coming up. Already close to 90 affiliates. So make sure you check out Fans First Sports Network for everything sports. For Jeremy Betts, Andrew Wilbar, my name is Brian Anthony Davis. Make sure you root, root, root for your team and root here at Fans First Sports Network.